Welcome to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome to The Good Life, encouraging you with inspirational stories to share with family and friends Through Perspectives of Hope in Jesus Christ. Who is the chaplain of the New England Patriots? How important is connecting workplace Christians to each other and to needs within the city of Boston? What does it feel like to be a church planter? All this while being a husband and father. This is the story of Jua Robinson one that has required persistence, strategic thinking, knowing God's love, and an encouraging spirit that leads to collaboration. We pause here to remind you the reason we have the Good Life Show, well, my friend, is to share how the love of Jesus Christ makes a difference in the lives of people. I'm talking about the love of Jesus so strong, so strong, that he died on the cross for your sins and mine. He was buried and rose again on the third day, offering God's hope. It's God's hope that has touched and transformed the life of Jewel Robinson. And dear friend, it's our prayer that you too would experience the power and the grace of God and his love in Christ. Turn from your way to God's way. That's called repentance. Would you open your heart to Jesus? That's our desire. And my friend, if you already know the Lord, I believe you're going to be encouraged today. Jewel Robinson is the chaplain of the New England Patriots. He's also executive director of the Boston Collaborative. He's a church planting catalyst with the Send Boston Network. Jewel graduated from Bowling Green State University in sport management with an emphasis in sport marketing. He earned his Master of Arts in Religion and Master of Divinity degrees from Liberty University. He's married to Dr. Regina Robinson. They have four children. Jua, welcome. Welcome to our show. Great to be here with you, Danny. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. And um, my parents were divorced. And at a very early age, um, we also lived in uh, West Germany before uh, the unification uh, we lived in Michigan for a brief spent, uh, stint as well and um, moved quite frequently around the Cleveland area. So you moved around a lot. Yep. Ohio, West Germany. Mm-hmm. What took you to West Germany? So my mother was in the Army prior to me being born. And she went to, uh, she got the, the GI Bill uh, for college and when I was a, a small child, uh, she got a job being a teacher uh, on the uh, Army base there and then also worked as a reporter for the Stars and Stripes newspaper. And so actually I began, you know, kindergarten, you know, preschool, kindergarten, first grade in in Germany. What was it like? What do you remember? Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, I remember it being a lot of fun, actually. Because you know most Americans don't realize that the the countries are so small, and so here in New England, if someone wants to you know 
do something fun on the weekend. They'll go to say, I'm going to New York or I'm going to um, Vermont or I'm going to New Hampshire or, you know, so elsewhere. Uh, in Germany, you say on the weekend, I'm going to go to another country. <laughs> and so uh had the opportunity to go to Switzerland and um, Austria and Italy, you know, other countries in that region as well. And so as a young child, having the opportunity to to be exposed to that was was pretty formative for me as a child. Who would you say influenced you most? I mean, it's it, it, there's such a mm. rich, rich layered mm. tapestry mm -hmm. of your description. Right. Who influenced you most in your growing up years? Um, it would have to be my mother. Yeah, my mother. Um, uh, I'm her only child. And um, she we were kind of, you know, she would always say, you know, you're my road dog. And so, you know, I saw my mom go through a lot of highs and a lot of lows as well. Uh, but so many of the, the lessons that I learned from her as a child uh, have just been implemented and instilled in me. Over the years, you know, as I mentioned, she was a teacher um, when she moved back to the States. She also taught and uh, she taught uh, special ed uh, learning disability. And so a lot of the, the students that she taught had behavioral issues. And so she just developed this tremendous resiliency that really impacted me as a as a child and, and now as as an adult. You know, I think back to some of those lessons that I, I learned from my mother and um, they've just really helped to make me into the man I am today. What is your mother's name? Uh, my mom's name is Kenyette. Kenyette. Yep, yep. Is she living? She is, she is. So this is interesting. So, you know, I was born in the 70s, and um, she was a part of uh, Kent, she went to Kent State University and was a part of a program. And um, actually, uh, when I was born, she gave me the name Jua. And so Jua uh, in Swahili means, uh, it's a noun and a verb. Uh, the noun uh, means uh, the sun. So the sun, the giver of light. And the verb, it means to know. And so little did she know, she gave me the name Jua. And uh, it was really a tremendous um, kind of glimpse into my life in terms of her kind of speaking life over me. Uh, even though she wasn't a Christian and didn't know the impact of of the name that she would be give, she, that she would give me the sun yes the sun the s u n the 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 light yes right right and to know amen a prophetic grace mm -hmm. even tremendous tremendous speaking of prophetic grace faith your mother mm -hmm. her influence your journey to faith mm. in Christ. Mm -hmm. Take us on that journey. Yeah. How did you become a Christian? Yeah, so I became a Christian actually in college. Um, growing up, my mother was not a believer in Christ. Uh, as I mentioned, my parents were divorced. Uh, my grandparents didn't go to church either. And uh, my best friend growing up, he went to college about 20, 30 minutes away from me at the uh, University of Toledo. And... Um, after our first year, we were partying, you know, drinking, doing a bunch of different things that year. And I remember after our first semester, uh, we were getting ready to go home for winter break. And he looks at me and he says, Jua, like my mom raised me to live in the ways of the Lord. And I want to start living my life like this. And Danny, 
I looked at him straight in the eye and I said, dude, why do you want to do that? I said, man, we're having a great time in college. We're enjoying, you know, our college experience and um, having a great time. And he said, no, I really want to walk in the ways that my mom taught me. And I said, all right, you know, that's good for you. Uh, But he didn't know that I would be I was watching his life, watching how he interacted with young ladies on campus, uh, watching the conversations that he was having with others, watching the the, the types of things that he uh, participated in. And um, at the end of that school year, uh, we both went back to Cleveland to get summer jobs. And that summer, he invited me to a Bible study with some fr- with some other friends in our peer group. And the Bible study was started by a friend of ours who went to Wake Forest. And and mind you, there were probably 10 guys and maybe about four or five young ladies who were all a part of this Bible study. And this friend uh, who started the study started one at Wake Forest and then started one for the summer. And twice a week, you know, he and a couple others would just kind of open up the word and just talk about how scripture and how Jesus had really impacted their lives. And for me, as someone who grew up in an environment where I didn't see a lot of authenticity and vulnerability from uh, people in my family, um, it, 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 uh, that space and that time really ministered to me. And so uh, some, of the, the, some of the friends began sharing about areas that, where the Holy Spirit had really transformed their lives you know, insecurities, fears, concerns. And I began to see how Jesus transformed their lives. And by the end of the summer, I recognized that they had something that I needed. You know, them knowing Jesus and having a confidence in Christ and and at 18, 19, 20 years old, being able to articulate it um, just really ministered to me. And so um, that that year... I had given my life to Jesus, and um, and as I look back, we all say the summer of 96, um, that's the year that really transformed my life and transfer, transformed many of us who are part of that group. The summer of 96. Summer of 96, yes. My friend, as you listen to Jewel Robinson, chaplain of the New England Patriots, executive director of the Boston Collaborative, Do you have a summer of 96 moment? What I appreciate, Jua, about your sharing is the process. Mm. That you you go to a a friend whom you're watching him. Mm -hmm. He doesn't even know it. And out of the authenticity of his heart, he shares that he wants to to drill down on his faith. He wants to get serious. And unbeknownst to you, the Lord, the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit is already working. This And this isn't even the summer yet. Right, right. And over the summer, people from different campuses. Here's the thing. Dear one, as you're listening to Jewel Robinson, as you're sharing in this time with us today, as we go to break, here's a question. Where are you in the process? Perhaps you're listening to this program because you are searching. Maybe you know that there are Christian people around you and you're watching them. You might not even be cognizant that you're watching them, but you hear Jew and you say, well, I am actually watching what other people are doing. 
Why are you watching? What is the Holy Spirit doing in your heart, in your life? Could it be something like His? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Wandering the road of desperate life. James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is brought to you by generous sponsors. Thank you to Coach Dino Babers and Mrs. Susan Babers, Mr. Edmund Jung and Mrs. May Jung, Mr. Rodney Arias Sr., A1A Electrician, Cedar Assembly of God, and the Thursday Men's Breakfast, Boston. If you, your business, or your church would like to support The Good Life with Dr. Danny, please visit drdanny.live. Join our partnership team. That's drdanny.live. Thank you. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Jewel Robinson was previously the founder and lead pastor of Heart Change Fellowship. It was a multi-ethnic church in Boston planted by his family. He's active in the Boston community, serving on the Jamaica Plain Mentoring Network Advisory Board, Greater Things, Greater Boston Directional Team, Boys and Dedicated Dads at Roosevelt K-8 School, and Little Voice Early Learning Center Advisory Board. You're listening to the Good Life Radio Program. Danny Yamashiro here. Thanks for being with us. Jewel Robinson is our guest today. You can find out more about him and his amazing ministry at bostoncollaborative.org. Again, bostoncollaborative.org. Jua, before the break, you were talking about your friend group. Yes. Friends that became believers. They encouraged you in your faith. It was a process. Someone listening listening right now is going through their own process, and hopefully a process that uh, draws them nearer and nearer to Christ. Perhaps even maybe today might be a moment of change for them, a, mo- a step of faith for them. Whatever happened <laughs> to all the members of that group? No, great question. I mean, it's it's only... Um, by God's grace, that He's He's allowed each of us to just remain committed. Obviously, you know, folks have highs and lows, you know, in between that time. But to be able to see where everyone is now is such a blessing. I have uh, one of the buddies. He actually started a church in um, Talmadge, Ohio, and his church has celebrated 20 years. He's doing really well. Um, another buddy. Uh, has been a uh, school principal in Ohio. Um, another one is now uh, working uh, for the Gates Foundation. Uh, got his PhD at Harvard, Dr. Benjamin Piper, and is now over um, um, global education. You know, for for the Gates Foundation. Um, uh, actually, close in proximity, uh, one of my buddies, uh, Cedric Rucker, came to Harvard uh, for graduate school. And is now pastoring uh, the historic uh, Mount Moriah Baptist Church in Brockton and also serving at uh, Suffolk County Jail. And so it's just been amazing to see where this friend group is. You know, we've said at some point we're going to try to encapsulate all of these stories and begin to, to share them more broadly because it's a, it's a really it's a great encouragement. It, it really is a great encouragement. 
it's not always the case. Right, right. You know, life takes people in different directions. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are many distractions. You, you talk about the parable, Jesus talking about the the, the seeds mm-hmm. and the different the different soils uh, right. that the seeds land on. But what a story! Right. What what a what a testimony! Right. That is. What led you to Bowling Green State? Mm. So it's interesting. Um, Bowling Green is about two hours west of Cleveland. And um, when I was in 10th grade, I selected my college major. And I know that's very uncommon. Um, you know, always had a huge love and heart of, for sports, um, played sports growing up, and also recognized that you know, so many of these companies had an opportunity to influence buying decisions. And so I said, wow, if I, w- I wanted to become one of the, the influencers to help influence people to make decisions to buy products. And Bowling Green had a really great sport management program, a pretty robust program, uh, well-known nationally. And, um, and, uh, and so it was not too far away from home. Even though I rarely went home, it was not too far away from home, um, but also known as, as being a, a really good school in that region. And so um, and they gave me the most money of the schools that I was accepted into. And so Bowling Green was it for me. Where did you meet Regina? Uh, so I met my wife. This is an interesting story as well. So as I mentioned earlier, I came to Christ Um while in college, uh, me and two other students started a ministry through Campus Crusade uh, called Impact. And our junior year, we started with three students. And by the end of my senior year, we had over 100 students that next year who had come through our, our you know, small Bible study. And what was amazing was uh, our principal, I mean, excuse me, our, our president of the, the university uh, even paid for us to take a set of charter buses to the national conference. And so it was uh, just an amazing season of our lives. And um, during that period, I had um, been led to the Lord uh, when I graduated to go on staff with Athletes in Action. And while I was on staff with Athletes in Action, um, um, if you know anything about, you know, Crusade or, you know, crew or IV or, you know, some of these NAV, these ministries, you have national conferences. And so while at one of the conferences, um, I met Regina at a, an impact conference because I was there recruiting and she was uh, on the worship team. And actually, the first time I met her, she kind of shot me down because um, she thought I was a college student. And she, she just thought, mm-hmm. man, I don't have any time for this um, because she had she had been graduated a couple of years and already had finished her master's degree. Um, but then I saw her again in uh, Colorado. And so the interesting thing about it, uh, our first conversation, I met her on, on January 1st, 2001. So, so Danny, I met, my, I met the one on 1101. And then six months later, we met at um, a conference in Colorado. And um, at that conference, it was a national staff conference for, for crew. And um, there we had an opportunity to, to, to meet and to get to know each other. We had some mutual friends. And, um, and from there, just decided to, to keep in contact. And 11 months later, we were married. 11 months later. Yeah. Your heart. 
How did your heart, as you and Regina were brought together mm. in Christ, mm-hmm. how did your heart turn towards church planting? Mm. So church planting, um, so when I was on staff with Athletes in Action, I lived in the uh, Cincinnati-Dayton area, and um, a co-worker of mine shared some information with me about a new church that was starting. Um, there was a church um, that was uh, in Mason, Ohio, and it was connected to the Evangelical Free Church. And I loved the heart of this church because they said, we want to plant a church in the inner city of Cincinnati. Uh, We don't have anyone within the church that we feel uh, is called to plant in that community. And so what we'd like to do is we want to send someone away to go to uh, Ted's, you know, in the Chicago area to get trained and equipped and then we're going to invite them to come back to the community. So someone from the community to go there and to come back. And then they had a 10-year vision of supporting this, this church plant. And uh, the gentleman uh, who some of us may know is uh, Dr. Alvin Sanders. Um, and Alvin, they sent Alvin there, and he came back. And someone said, hey, this guy Alvin is starting this study um, and because he's in the process of of starting a church, would you be interested? And I just thought, wow, this sounds like a really unique idea. I didn't know anything about church planning at the time. And so I went to go check it out. And very early on, I would say probably two or three weeks in, we started the study. And then there was a gentleman who would who would drive through the neighborhood in the 18th passenger van and pick up kids. And they would kind of do like a, like a, like a, children's ministry type of um, um, gathering with them. And, um, and Danny, this, to this day, this just rocked me. So they're there. You know, we just had our Bible study. And at the end of the evening, we all got together. And so I see the kids playing, and one of them came over to me, and we started talking. And somehow, some way, I picked one up, one of the kids up, and I put, you know, put the child down. Uh, and mind you, these kids were probably within the ages of like, say, four to eight, four to nine. Picked one up, put one down. Next one comes up and they see they see me picking up the, the kids and they all started lining up. Pick me up. You know, can you pick me up? So I'm picking them up, putting them down, picking them up, putting them down. And mind you, I'm like 25 years old, so had a lot of energy. And so I'm picking them up, putting them down. And so um, the the director says, hey. We need to go. We need to get the kids, you know, get the kids back. And so I said, all right, kids, it's time for you to go, you know, go get lined up, whatever. And I feel my pants leg being pulled. And it's a little girl. She had to be about four or five years old. And so she says, excuse me, sir, can you pick me up? And she says, because no one picks me up at home. And it just literally broke my heart. And I said, oh, of course. And so I picked her up and I just like just gave her a hug and I put her down and she comes and she runs off and they're all smiling. And I knew from that point on that I needed to give my time um, to build the kingdom through that local church and that local expression. And so um, and so as I was a, a part of that group, 
over the next several months, uh, we planted the church, and the Lord used that local church and that community to really help me to understand the importance and the value of the local church serving a community. And so church planning was was kind of birthed in me through that experience. Isn't it unique, Jua, what the local church can do? Oh, no doubt about it. Touching a community, touching a family in, in ways that is incomparable. Mm-hmm. What a story to hear and to see your heart. I saw your eyes mm-hmm. there even when you told the story. My friend, as you're listening to Jewel Robinson today, sharing his heart with us, his journey with us, we always come back and think, well, what is the Lord doing in your heart and in your life? As we take our break and come back, you might have, might have heard my introduction. You might be waiting for me to ask him questions about the New England Patriots mm-hmm. chaplaincy. Well, well, we'll get there. This is all, again, part of the journey, part of the process. Because as God moves in our lives, as he would move in your life, he doesn't do things just by chance. There's, a, there's an end game to all this, even in the struggling times. So there's purpose, dear one, purpose. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Wandering the road of desperate life beneath the bed. Hi, this is Danny Yamashiro. Evangelism can be likened to an exquisite pearl necklace. In order for the necklace to be complete, each pearl is carefully strung on, one at a time. Only after the last pearl is strung will the clasp be attached. Most people are convinced that the apex of evangelism is in being that figurative clasp, leading someone to trust Christ. In reality, there would be no need for a clasp without any pearls being strung. Which is more important, the pearls or the clasp? They all are. Not everyone can be a clasp all the time, but in evangelism, you can always be a precious pearl. Hear me call You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Jua Robinson has spoken nationally to churches with business leaders and on college campuses, including Harvard, MIT, North Carolina State, and the University of Kokodi in Cote d'Ivoire, West Africa. He also served on the steering team for the Boston Prayer Summit and the Creo Collective a church planting and missional network. He is uh, the chaplain for the New England Patriots. Welcome back to our show. Glad you're with us. Thanks for sharing this time. You can find out more about him at bostoncollaborative.org. Jua, how have your experiences in church planting formed your vision for the Boston Collaborative? I would say the... Church planning, the church planning experiences have tremendous, tremendously shaped how 
we've approached the Boston Collaborative. Um, five years ago, uh, the genesis of the Boston Collaborative really came out of prayer. It came out of uh, a number of kind of kingdom connections that have happened in the city of Boston for, for decades. Um, and so when we started the Boston Collaborative, it was at the request from several Christian leaders to say um, that as the body of Christ, we need to to better engage the workplace community. And so, you know, for myself, uh, the church plant that um, the Lord graced me to to lead was called Heart Change Fellowship. And uh, we started in Roxbury and then transitioned to Jamaica Plain. And throughout that time, we had a number of uh, young adults from around the world. And so we had over 20 countries represented within our congregation. And through that experience, we had folks from Harvard and MIT and uh, Berkeley and all of these you know, great institutions. And, and I spent a lot of time just listening, just listening to, to hear um, our folks share about their experiences uh, in church. Um, I, I heard a lot of church hurt as well. And, you know, recognized uh, that there are a lot of folks who are in the pew right now who are feeling as if their gifts aren't really being utilized in ways that really help build God's kingdom. And so when we started the Boston Collaborative, it started with that same ethos of listening and, and really trying to say, all right, how could we best serve the body of Christ? Not by saying, hey, let's just create another organization. But really, how can we help um, what's already happening in Boston to actually go deeper? And so it was through that lens that we began the Boston Collaborative. So you share about the purpose mm -hmm. there. What's the opportunity? Mm -hmm. I would say the opportunity on a, a macro level is to reimagine the latent capacity of God's people within the kingdom of God. You know, recognizing we have um, great experience, experiences, we have amazing capacity, we have um, rich resources, um, the gifts um, that the Lord has given us um, as as the local church. Um, and often, oftentimes, uh, the sad reality is you have many people who are passionate about the same things, and they never connect with each other. And so... On a macro level, it's it's being able to say, all right, Lord, how can we help be a independent intermediary to, to really bring people together so that they can build relationships with each other, so they can build trust and begin to say and begin praying into some of the same things to say, how can can we actually make a bigger impact in our city through actually working together, uh, recognizing that the Lord uh, often gives people the same vision. Um, but at the same time, they may or may not have the opportunity to make those connection points organically. Who are some of the members of your team with the Boston Collaborative? Yes, yeah, so several. So we have uh, Jasmine, who is my assistant, um, who also uh, works um, duly with the Boston Project Ministries in, in Dorchester and uh, goes to Restoration City Church with uh, David Hernandez. Uh, we also have Dana Baker, who leads the Boston Trauma Healing Collaborative, and just some amazing things are happening through 
uh, training and equipping leaders in churches around uh, post-trauma healing. Um, that's in partnership as well with um, the Corey Johnson program at uh, Roxbury Presbyterian Church. Uh, and so her work kind of, she works with both uh, us and them as well. Uh, also, Barry Kang of uh, Symphony Church. Uh, he leads a, um, a, a prayer time for, for, for pastors every Wednesday morning. And so, and then Dan Ojekanovich, who was um, kind of, he helps to, um, he helped to, to start the Boston Collaborative as well, and now serves as, as one of our board members. And so uh, we have a pretty, you know, amazing team of, of awesome, you know, kingdom-minded people who are, who are very humble and really care deeply about the formation of, of kind of the body of Christ really making a difference here in our city. Clearly, there's a leadership grace on you, Jua. There's vision. There's collaboration. You embody mm-hmm. the name. Mm-hmm. A gift from God to the body of Christ. Big vision, broad. Mm-hmm. There's a transcendence to that. One would say that's enough work for one person, that alone, not even mentioning Send and church planting catalysts. How did the opportunity come to serve the Patriots mm. as the chaplain? I know, great question. And I'll say this as well. So I no longer serve as the send church planting catalyst. Um, but in terms of the Boston or the New England Patriots, uh, this is a very interesting story. So 2020, um, we're in the pandemic. And um, the George Floyd um, um, murder happens. Uh, a couple of weeks later, I get a call from a pastor in the area. And uh, he says, hey, uh, Ben Watson from the Patriots, um, amazing guy. Uh, he wants to potentially do something to really bring the church together. And I don't have the relationships that you have. I, I would love for you to have a conversation with them. And so I said, sure, absolutely. And so on a Thursday night, Ben calls me up, and we have about an hour conversation. Uh, during that conversation, he says, hey, man, I want to get some folks together just to pray and just to seek God. You know, I believe that um, our nation, especially our community here, we need healing. And I said, I absolutely agree. And I gave him my thoughts about something like this. And I said, how about I do this? I will invite 10 leaders to be on a Zoom call tomorrow at 9 a.m. You know, right now it's 8 o'clock in the evening. Who knows who will join this call? But I just want to send out the bat signal and see what happens, right? And so 9 a.m. rolls around. Everyone I reached out to was on that call. And, um, and so David Wright from the Black Ministerial Alliance, uh, Kelly Fassett from Unite Boston, Jeff Bass, Emanuel Gospel Center, and so other leaders in our city who are also kingdom-minded. And, um, and that call was amazing. Um, and by the end of it, everyone said, yes, we'd like to be a part of this. And so over the next eight days, we planned what was called Boston Pray. And um, in June of 2020, we held Boston Pray in downtown Boston on Boston Common. And it was remarkable because over a thousand 
folks attended that gathering. Um, all of the, the local news outlets, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS, you know, uh, news outlets, they all came out and they covered it uh, in addition to the Boston Globe and the Boston Herald. And all of the feedback was positive. And so it was a really great time to um, to just seek the healing of our city in some, in, in some small way of just really bringing the body of Christ together. Um, and, and it was through that experience, it allowed Ben and I to develop a friendship. And over the next several months, we continue to get together, have dialogue. And then 2021, uh, he reaches out and says, hey, um, the previous chaplain for the team is transitioning. And I would like to recommend you to the Patriots. And, you know, similar to what you communicated earlier, you know, I've got a lot of things going on. And so my initial thought process on this was, man, I, I don't, you know, I don't have a lot of time. And um, and so he said, yeah, we just just have a conversation. And so I get a call from uh, Matt Slater and uh, Matt Slater um, is a amazing guy, amazing football player. Um, well, hopefully one day going to the Hall of Fame um, after 10 Pro Bowls, hopefully <laughs> he'll go into the Hall of Fame. And so he calls me up and says, hey, um, let me just let's just learn more a little more about you and your story. He and I have a dialogue. Um, he said, w- would you be interested in being a part of a call with some other of our, our team members? And I said, absolutely. And so the next week, um, uh, Devin McCourty, um, some of the coaches, some of the other staff, there were about 12 on the call. And so we all had a dialogue. And by the end of it, we had an, an hour allotted for this conversation. And this call went about an hour and 40 minutes. And if you know anything about the NFL Everything is regimented when it comes to time. And so uh, after about an hour and 40, I said, hey, guys, what's, you know, uh, do, do you guys have any meetings you need to go to or anything? Um, but what, what had happened was it was a group of guys having good fellowship, just really good fellowship in the Lord. And my wife was in the next room, and she heard me laughing and talking, and, you know, just, you know, it seemed as if I was really excited about it. And so she looks at me and she says, honey, you miss that, don't you? And I said, I kind of do. I kind of miss like the, the, the guy kind of camaraderie. And so I didn't think anything of it. And to be honest with you, Danny, at the time, I didn't think anything would really happen. Um, the next week, I'm invited to um, the Ron Burton Training Village. You know, our family's been really great friends with the Burton family for a number of years. And they had a fundraiser and they invited me there. I walk in. Who do I see? Matt Slater. And so we've never met face to face. So we had a conversation. And while I'm there, believe it or not, Robert Kraft flies in on a helicopter. And as he flies in, he comes in, you know, I, I get introduced to him through uh, Matt Slater. And, um, and then after that, uh, the next week had a conversation with uh, a representative from the team to talk about how I would, how I would, potentially see this role shaping up and uh, that call probably lasted another two hours and then two weeks later I get a call from that same staff representative saying we'd like to offer you the opportunity to work with the Patriots and the crazy story about that is um, they said we'd like to give you the opportunity 
two days later, they said, we'd like you to come to our team meeting. And, you know, if you know anything about the Patriots in terms of timing, you know, you want to be there a couple of minutes early instead of, you know, right at the time. And so I, I, I said, I'm going to take that um, to a significant degree and arrive in a half hour early. So got there half hour, hour early. The meeting gets gets ready to begin. And um, and lo and behold, Bill Belichick is leading the meeting and he says, um, hey, you know, we got a new chaplain. His name is Jewel Robinson. And we're going to give him a couple of minutes to talk. And that was my introduction to the team is he gave me an opportunity to share who I was and kind of my, my heart and my vision for uh, the work that the Lord had 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 laid up laid upon my heart and um, and then announced my first chapel. And so it was a it was a surreal moment, you know, at the time. And um, and now this is for me, my my second season serving in this capacity with the team. When you think of the the biblical words for such a time mm. as this, mm-hmm. let's reflect on that a bit when we come back from our break. Okay. What does that mean to Jewel Robinson mm. to have the doors open as they have? For what purpose? To what end? Someone today is... Wondering if there's purpose in their own life. What's the process that they're going through? It sure doesn't look like or feel like. There's a whole lot of meaning to this. But look at where you are today, Jua. You can find out more about Jua Robinson at Boston Collaborative at bostoncollaborative.org. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Wandering the road of desperate life. Famously beneath the barren sky. On behalf of Danny Yamashiro Ministries, Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, weekdays at 6 p.m. on WEZE, and visiting drdanny.live for more resources. My dear friend, it is because of listeners and donors like you that we are able to spread the message of Jesus' love and bring hope to people like you, your family, and friends. Proverbs 11.25 says, He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Will you prayerfully consider donating to Danny Yamashiro Ministries so that we may continue to broadcast the gospel so believers will be built up and non-believers may form a relationship with Jesus Christ? Visit drdanny.live to make a financial contribution today. That's drdanny.live. And thank you again for supporting The Good Life with Dr. Danny. May God richly bless you with The Good Life. What can we learn about evangelism? Danny Yamashiro here. Rebecca Manley Pipper wrote in her book, Out of the Salt Shaker and Into the World. I once asked a woman if she felt comfortable about evangelism. Oh yes, she responded. I do it twice a week. Somehow it sounded more like taking multiple vitamins. Evangelism isn't just something you do out there and then get back to normal living. Evangelism involves taking people seriously, getting across to their island of concerns and needs, and then sharing Christ as Lord in the context of our natural living situations. You're listening to The Good Life 
with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Uh, do you know the, the verse, uh, Ephesians 3.20? <clears throat> it says, My God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all and above all that you could ever ask or think, ask or imagine. And here's Jewel Robinson, the chaplain at the New England Patriots, among all the other things that God has allowed him to do, to continue to do, and have done in days gone by, all for such a time as this. You can find out more about him and his work at bostoncollaborative.org. To a reflection, for such a time as this, Mm -hmm. we know that from the book of Esther. Mm -hmm. As you think about what God is doing in your life now, today, what stirs in your heart? Mm. Danny, I am humbled as I think about the grace of God in my life. Um, you know, here I am, a kid that grew up in the predominantly inner city of, of Cleveland, Ohio. Um, between 0 to 18, we moved 11 different times. Um, when I think about you know, my senior or senior year of high school, we had four people die in my high school, four students throughout the school year. Um, when I think about so many people um, in my life who are who are no longer here and to see just the evidence of of God's grace upon me, uh, my family. Uh, I didn't share this earlier. My mom is uh, walking with the Lord. My father uh, remarried and uh, is also a believer. Uh, my stepmother is is a tremendous prayer warrior and loves the Lord. Um, and when I think about just just the grace of God, uh, I'm just humbled and just really thankful for every opportunity um, because um, because I know that it's it's a a tremendous blessing to be able to walk in the grace of God and to be obedient to every door that he has opened. And I've tried to enter each of those doors with humility and transparency and have uh, with an open hand to say, Lord, use me for your glory. Use me for your will. Um, Because Lord knows I've seen some dark days as well. Um, You know, pastoring and, you know, we had a small church plant and, you know, we had 90-something percent of our church um, transition from Boston, you know, for various reasons. And uh, it was true. It was it was very difficult, very challenging. Um, um, we, 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 we led a very challenging ministry, um, but a fruitful one. Um, and, you know, some of the, the questions that you wrestle with yourself about, um, like, your own um, identity and, um, you know, my own time and, um, you know, is this, um, you know, being effective or impactful, you know, all of those um, inner wrestlings of the soul, you know, have dealt with that. And to see where God uh, has me now is, uh, is just such a blessing that I, I just thank the Lord for each and every day. A word of encouragement to somebody mm. who is wondering, mm. They're, they're, they're in a dark time. Mm-hmm. They're in a time where they have questions. Mm-hmm. They may feel like giving up. Mm-hmm. A word of encouragement today from where you are. Mm. 
for such a time as this. Yeah, for such a time as this. Um, wow. So much to say. So little time, right? Um, you know, one of, the, one, of, one of the passages that's really ministered to me throughout my life is from uh, Philippians chapter 3. Um, when Paul said, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteous from God, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. And I would say for anyone who's going through you know, our hope is to be found in Christ, you know, recognizing that our our righteousness pales in comparison to the righteousness of Christ and recognizing that um, that in life we we all go through challenges. We go through heartache. Uh, we go through times where, you know, we 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 doubt ourselves, you know, times where um, our biggest critic uh, may not come from uh, anyone else but ourselves. Uh, but recognizing that even uh, what others say about us or even sometimes what we say about our what, about what we may communicate about ourselves uh, may be harsh, recognizing that if we're in Christ, uh, we have hope. If we're in Christ, um, we have, uh, Paul says, that peace that transcends all understanding, that may it guard our hearts and minds. And so I would just encourage uh, anyone who's going through right now to continue to to stay in the fight, to continue to um, seek uh, the peace of God, continue to um, to persevere and to not go through this by yourself. Uh, my prayer is that you would even have others, uh, people who are safe, people who um, love you and that you trust and value, uh, walk along this journey with you uh, because um, because the Lord designed this Christian life that we have uh, for you to not go through by yourself, uh, to recognize that the family of God is called to, to walk with you uh, so that you're not in this alone. A prayer. With that encouragement, a prayer for our dear listener. Mm. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we thank you. We need you. We bless your name, O oh God. And we come to you right now because we recognize that you are the hope of glory, that you are the one who gives us life and hope and help and healing when we feel w- wounded and broken. Lord, we know that uh, none of us is, is perfect Lord, we all have areas of growth and areas of need and areas of weakness, O oh God. But Jesus, I thank you that you are the greatest example of hope that this world has ever seen. That you resurrected the grave and ascended unto heaven on our behalf. And so, Lord, I just pray that if there's anyone here right now who is going through tremendous hardship and pain, that they would turn to you. 
I pray that if there is anyone who is hurting because of sin, Lord, that they would repent and come to you, Lord, and recognize that that you offer forgiveness, that you don't that you don't want them to live in a place of shame or fear or of of hurt, but Lord, that you want to make them into the people that you want them to be, Father. And so, Jesus, I thank you that you are the one who can clean us up and make us into the people that you want us to be, Father God. Lord, thank you that we have so many examples of people in your scripture, uh, the woman at the well, Lord, who you made whole again, Lord. We have so many examples of of people, Lord, that, that you touched and transformed their lives, Lord. And so I just pray that for each of us, Uh, who needs a touch from you, Lord, that you would meet them right where they are, that you would bring healing to their minds, healing to their hearts, and healing to their souls, Lord. God, we bless your name, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Jua, thank you. Thanks for being with us today. And it's been great. Thank you, Danny. Hope-filled words from Jua Robinson, bostoncollaborative.org. My friend, God's timing is perfect. And look, there's no better time than right now, I believe, than to share the love of Christ with someone near you. If you haven't done so, hey, this may be that perfect moment for you to open your heart to Jesus. Go to drdanny.live for next steps and find resources to reach family and friends. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and major platforms. First Peter 4, verse 10, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. It's always a blessing to be with you. Thank you to Jua Robinson, bostoncollaborative.org. Until next time, along with my producer, David Nasora, creative director, Brian Torres, web designer, Shana Kusumoto, social media director, Luke Yamashiro, and guest coordinator, Jan Yi. I'm Danny Yamashiro. Remember, the Lord is with you as you share the love of Jesus with someone today. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of The Good Life with Dr. Danny. We hope that today's program has been a blessing for you and that you may find hope in hearing how God's Word affects people from all walks of life. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is a listener-supported program, and we'd like for you to prayerfully consider becoming a sponsor or donor. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live. Be sure to tune in weekdays at 6 p.m. to hear The Good Life with Dr. Danny. Until next time, may God richly bless you with The Good Life.